In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out another bonus episode of Cruise Radio. A kickback episode like we were talking about last week. No commercials, no news, just straight-up information for you. This week, we're going to talk about European travel. Vicky Bone from Vancouver is going to join us here in just a couple of seconds about some European travel tips in cruising the Med in Europe because a lot of cruise ships spend the summer in Europe and a lot of cruise ships make their debut in Europe because that's where they're built. Like uh, Carnival Vista is going to debut in March of 2018, and she'll probably be starting out in Europe somewhere, although we don't know quite where yet. So with that said, Vicky Bone is on the line. Hey, Vicky. Oh, it's always nice to talk to you, Doug. Vicky, before we make our way over to the Mediterranean, I want to get some of your thoughts because I know this was your first time sailing the Med, and I'm sure you were knee-deep in research. Oh, yeah. I think you know me very well. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually had this booked probably just over a year prior, and I immediately started researching. First thing I did was send out emails to my friends who had cruised to the Med and asked their advice. Mm-hmm. I got a wealth of information. And then I went to the library and took up books. And then I um, did some research on TV, like PBS, with um, Rick Steves. And I think the best advice and the best tool I had was buying his Ports of Call for the Mediterranean, Rick Steves. And I also added his app. I love his Mediterranean guidebook. In your opinion, uh, what put that guidebook over the top of other ones out there? What I really like about Rick Steves is he gets right into the details. And he covers a broad base of things you might be interested in doing. So, for example, like in Venice, how to take the uh, water taxi or how to take the transit system, um, the Valparetos, and how to move from the port to the stop and how to pay and what other options there are and where to get off and even a guided tour that you can follow along either via an app or in his book. That's cool. Uh, whenever you're traveling, do you do third-party shore excursions like book stuff on your own or through other companies other than the cruise line? We personally now only do um, excursions outside of Princess. So we'll mm-hmm. either hire a private uh, agency or a company or we'll do it on our own. Although I, Princess does great excursions, we tend to want to be more in a small group or, or yeah. on our own. Going to the Mediterranean from where you live, Vancouver, is a long way away, but it could be for anybody listening. Uh, How did you handle your pre-cruise affairs, like cell phones, banking, and all that before you left? Oh, good question. We had a house sitter, so that was really handy. And then um, I ended up going on to my cell phone provider, and I urged everybody to do this. Contact them if you don't know, you know what you're doing. But I ended up buying a internet package that was good for a month long that gave me so much data. I didn't really need the phone services because I knew that I could use something like Viber or, you know, if you have an iPhone, the, the iPhone Messenger app um, mm-hmm. and FaceTime. Um, the other thing I did was I made sure I downloaded an app that was, I think it was called Maps to Go, and it could be used offline, which saved our butt many, many a times, especially when we were in Rome for five days ahead of time. So that helped us get around the city. Other than that, uh, of course, 
you know, contacting our credit cards, um, making sure they knew that we were away. And then we also had no issue we with money. We made, um, we bought a small amount of euros and then we made sure our bank and we knew the PIN number and what banks we could use our debit card at. And um, just just making sure you're, you're ahead of the game so you're not stuck with any surprises when you're there. One of the issues I ran into my very first trip to Europe uh, was in, in Barcelona. And I actually had a friend I was texting back and forth and she was having to text back in Spanish so I could show the cab driver where I wanted to go. Uh, did you it was it was a it was a hot mess, so ridiculous. But did you have any translation issues? You know, Doug, you and I talked a while back and that was one of the things you had recommended I, I look into. So right away I added an app on my phone that did translation. You just you download the language and then you could easily enter it in. You could even scan some words and it would translate for you, which worked pretty good. I'm fluent in French and I know some Spanish, but the Italian was a little bit hard and the Greek, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. Totally. Uh, let's talk about Rome. How easy was Rome to navigate on your own since you didn't go through the cruise line? Well, we planned on flying in and being in Rome for five nights ahead of time because, you know, this was our first time there. And we also had a very long time change coming from the Pacific. Mm -hmm. So we flew in and, uh, again, a recommendation from a friend recommended an apartment that um, we could stay at that was near the Colosseum. It was sort of like a fourplex. And we stayed there for a very reasonable price. It was 120 euros a night. And it was a full apartment and, you know, even laundry facilities. And we felt more part of the community. In fact, I remember waking up in the morning and, and hearing the people going to work and the laundry being hung out and the loud Italian being talked in the courtyard. And I was like, you know what? I probably wouldn't get this if I was at a hotel. Right. <laughs> um, and when we got to the Rome airport, initially we were going to take the um, the train or, or the bus at that hour. But, you know, after a long day, we ended up looking and we secured a car service mm -hmm. for a very reasonable price. And, um, you know, it took us right to our apartment. And, and I, you know, highly recommend that. Princess did, of course, offer shuttle service and so forth. But we found for the price that we paid for the car, we would have paid that per person mm -hmm. with the shuttle service. Yeah. And then for Rome, we just really went all out. You know, with the research I was doing, I made my husband go through the books as well, which at times, you know, I'm a little bit anal and I get a little bit. <laughs> so I was kind of saying, you know, you need to decide what you want to do. And we did this for every port. And I said, just write down the highlights of what you really want to do. And then we would spend time and compare what we wanted and what was a must. And then we had to weed it out. And, you know, that happened in Rome, and then I planned our days accordingly. So one day was, like, ancient Rome, and we did all that stuff, and then another day was, like, the Vatican. And we even went down below into the Tomb of St. Peter's, which you have to book way ahead mm -hmm. of time. Again, I found this out through Rick Steves, for a very minimal cost, and it was only groups of, like, 12 people, and you'd go right underneath, and you'd go into the excavated area uh, underneath the um, St. Peter's Basilica, and totally wow. But that was something, you know, I never even knew was there. Um, we also did a whole bunch of, you know, interesting things at night. We did a cooking class one day, and we got around via transit, had no problem at all. Again, you know, it took a little bit of getting used to, and we found the people very, very helpful. 
and um, happy to answer any questions that we did have. Pit pockets can be really bad in Rome. Uh, any any advice or suggestions to avoid these bad people? You know, we we've been you know all over South America, and we've had issues there as well. Thankfully, we didn't have any issues. Although we did notice some people kind of probably you know were up to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. They call them gypsies, but, you know, these people are not going to get probably, you know, killed here, but crime of opportunity certainly is here. And we did notice people who would try to, like, jostle us or stuff, but on the trains, the metro trains, we paid attention. But one of the things is we have a, a knapsack bag and even my camera bag that are... I wouldn't say it's theft-proof, but theft-resistant. Mm-hmm. And the brand I have is PackSafe, but there are other brands out there. So we always felt very comfortable knowing that if we had the, the double latch protection on it or nothing can be slashed in the bag. But once we got on the ship, we encountered probably about five different people who expressed issues with being robbed in one of the many ports that we visited. The cruise ship actually docks in Shivashevekia, and it's about an hour, maybe an hour and 10 minute ride from Shivashevekia to Rome. Can't say that. So talk to us about the train, because taking a motor coach isn't the only way to get into Rome. Yeah, we we too thought that there wasn't really going to be many options. But we found, again, through some of the research we did, that taking the train to Shivashevekia was a very easy option. Ahead of time, um, probably about five or six weeks prior, I went online, I saw the train schedule. We were only two blocks from the metro station, so we wheeled our bags. Now, of course, we don't pack too, too heavy. We each had one bag and one small roller bag, Mm -hmm. and we were able to wheel them to the metro station. First train came by, it was very, very busy. Second train was empty, so we took that to the main um, train station in Rome. We had our tickets ahead of time. We ended up going on a first-class train because it was only about five pounds more, and that gave us a reserved seat. It had a little bit more room for luggage, and um, it was very smooth, very easy. And again, asking anybody, um, and they can help you if you have any questions. Once we got to, and it took maybe an hour, not even an hour, really, and we got to relax and see the countryside, and when we got to the train station in Chitavecchia, which we got our bags out. Uh, There was a bus there that you could take that would take you to the port, but there's a long queue and we could see the ship and we just like, oh, let's just walk, which ended up being probably about a 25 minute walk, but we're kind of stubborn that way. Mm -hmm. And once we got to the port area, they take you on a big kind of Greyhound type bus right to the ship where you check in there. How far, like if you're walking off the cruise ship and want to go to the train, so what you're saying is it's it's very walkable. You don't have to take a, a taxi cab uh, if you're in good shape. You can actually just walk right to the train station from where the ship docks? Well, where the ship docks is quite industrial. Mm-hmm. So you're going to find that um, you're going to have to get on one of those little shuttle buses. And when we were back in Rome on the second leg, we did exactly this. So you take the little shuttle bus to the port gate. And then once you're there, I would say it's about a 20-minute a walk. Certainly, it's level. It's, it's quite easy to do. But, um, you know, there wasn't 
anybody who doesn't have mobility issues could do it. If you wanted to take the little bus, then it was two euros each. I'm actually just looking it up on my blog right now. Okay. And then once you got to the train station, now this is where when we were in Chedevecchia and went into Rome for the day, for 12 euros, you could buy the train ticket to and from Rome and also unlimited transit rides when you're in Rome. So that was that was a great deal, and I, I recommend that. Very cool. Let's talk about, we could talk all day about Rome, but I want to uh, bang through some of the other ports you went through with the time we have together. So after mm-hmm. Rome, let's talk about where you hit uh, the next port of call and what you did next. Well, I'm going to start with, my husband knows me really, really well, thank goodness, because mm-hmm. I will go and research and try to do everything. And I had done a detailed list of what we were going to do in each port. Well, after five days in Rome, realizing we just couldn't do it all, he puts his foot down and says, no, we're going to have to cut down this a bit more. So when we arrived to our first port, which was Liverno, we were going to go, my goal was, let's go to Pisa, see everything, and then get it back on the train and go to Lucca and see the walled city. Right away, we knew that wasn't going to be possible. He told me I had to make a choice. So we took the train to Pisa. And uh, that was really, really easy. It was only about you get off again the ship and there's a shuttle there and you have to pay five euros to take the shuttle from the pier to Livorno, which personally I felt we were kind of held hostage. We didn't have any other options. You couldn't just walk off Mm -hmm. there. So I would have liked to have seen Princess add that right into our cost of our cruise and that the shuttle's provided for free. But that's another story. (laughs) But once we got into Livorno, uh, we took the transit to the train station, which was very close. The train was, um, I can't recall exactly what the cost was, but it it was a short train ride and very minimal cost to Luca. And then also if you want to go to Pisa. So we went to Pisa. We got off, we had a Rick Steves guide, um, we followed that, learning some of the history, visiting some of the churches, and then we had a really nice meal, relaxed, and had some wine, and then went to the grounds of the Leaning Tower, and then we took the train back. So that was Livorno. Let's talk about Dubrovnik next. Well, we didn't know anything about Dubrovnik, and so this was kind of a, an eye-opener, and it, wow, when we arrived, what a beautiful place. And we, again, we didn't want to do an organized tour. We knew it was relatively easy to go ashore on your own. And they had like, um, you know, everybody wants to go to the Walled City. And so if you're wanting to take a taxi, uh, the taxis were about 13 euros. That's for a car. And if you went outside of the um, the port, it was about 10 euros. Mm-hmm. But we wanted to take a local transit because, as you know, we're both transit drivers. So we always in... Um, head out to um, try local transit. Mm -hmm. And even if it takes a little bit longer, sometimes getting to know the people is is a highlight for us. And if you go into my blog, you can actually see where we walk out, where we bought our transit tickets and where we caught the bus. And it was maybe like 250 US total for the bus. So so it was it was a really good deal. And there's so many buses and they take you right to the entrance to the wall, exactly where Princess Shuttle drops you off, exactly where a taxi drops you off. So if you go by bus one way, maybe you want to take a taxi back. Uh, but very easy. But again, if you cannot physically climb stairs or walk long distance, don't even attempt it. And uh, we went and had a nice drink somewhere. And then we went and had a meal at a restaurant 
shot that was recommended um, in one of the guides. And down a small alley away from all the tourists. And amazing, amazing gift. Because for us, part of seeing the places is enjoying the food and the wine and getting to know the locals. So next time we go, we probably would explore further out out, out of a field of the, the main gates. But um, we're very, very happy. And, and really, you know, for the small car, I think we spent maybe... 60 U.S. dollars the whole the whole day. Let's move on to the next port. Let's talk about Venice because uh, everybody loves Venice. Yes, huge highlight. Again, because the Island Princess is a bit smaller ship, it was allowed to come up the main canal and, uh, of course, head out onto the open decks, uh, listen to the music as you're coming in and you're strolling. And even as cool as all that was, I was like a little kid on Christmas morning. And as soon as we docked, because um, we docked a like around one o'clock and uh, we went ashore and I've given easy details on the path you can walk to get to the main um, train station and the main Valparetto stop. And I'm just kind of quickly scanning through it. Once you're there, you can buy the transit pass and that allows you to travel on any of the Valparettos at any time. Now the cruise line does sell a shuttle right from the pier to St. Mark's Square, mm-hmm. but that's the only route that it takes. So it's a great option, but for the same cost, we were able to buy a 48-hour transit pass and ride any of the Valparettos all over, even including if you want to, say, go to Murano or, you know, go to some of the outskirts, outlying areas of Venice. Yeah, is you were mentioning the transit pass. Did you jump on the people mover at all in Venice? The first time when we arrived, of course, that's what my notes said to go do. Mm-hmm. But we got on it and it wasn't very much. I think it was just a euro. Yeah. But it meant maybe, you know, a five minute walk away. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought, well, this is kind of silly. And then you're waiting and you're all dropped off at the same spot. <laughs> so we just said, well, we're just going to walk it. So if you go into my blog, you can actually see the route to take to take the people mover. But then I also show if you don't want to take the people mover, just walk through the parking lot, cross over the little bridge, turn right, turn left, and there you are. And, uh, you know, Venice, key is you got to get lost to really experience Venice. I like your attitude. Uh, what was one of your takeaways from Venice? Well, for me, the scenery and the smaller outlying area. So Although St. Mark's Square was amazing and the Dodges Palace was amazing, we did a, a, a behind-the-scenes secret itinerary tour at Dodges Palace that we booked ahead of time. Uh, we also did a, um, a bar tour through um, a private guide in Venice that was a huge highlight, so we went to different wine stops. But for me, the highlight was getting away from St. Mark's Square. Mm-hmm. We went to the Jewish community. We went down to the uh, further south and unfortunately i'm trying to remember the names of them but you know we went completely away we went to this one area where there's this big open air market and we sat there and had our cappuccinos and we saw them selling the fish and the flowers and you know the kids playing and very few tourists that's the way to do it though sometimes to explore the city you have to get out of the city yes so see the tourist highlights but then go away from that and experience the actual city. Let's round this out with Naples. Talk to us about Naples. What did you do and how did you get around? Yeah, we had some friends that live in Naples, but they work on ships. So they were on board ships at that time. So we'd ask some advice and everybody was heading to Pompeii. And even though I really, really wanted to see Pompeii, this was another part where we had to make a decision. 
are we going to go to Pompeii or are we going to experience Naples? Mm -hmm. So we decided we're going to focus on Naples. And we really love cities that are like working class cities where, you know, it is rough and gruff and dirty and I like that. Mm -hmm. And so Naples, we went off uh, ashore. Your dog's very close to the city, very easy to walk right into the heart of everything. And again, we had a Rick Steves podcast tour that, again, is free if you download his app. And we followed that along with the book. And one of the highlights is we attended this Cafe Gambrinus. I know I'm butchering that name. And we made sure to have our cappuccino and then this pastry that, oh, spoke. Gagliatella. Okay, there's my Italian. But it's a it's a puff pastry and it's filled with a sweet ricotta cheese because that's what all the locals have. And then we proceeded on the walk and we walked up to the archaeology museum and it was 13 euros to get in. And we had an audio guide through Rick Steves, but also the book you could follow along. And in this museum, they have more artifacts here from Pompeii than is actually in Pompeii. So we got to see a whole bunch of things uh, and statues and, and art that just, you know, again, just blows you away. You, I never thought I would actually see all these things. So I know the next time we're in the area, when I go to Pompeii, I'm going to have a better understanding of, of the history and the interest. And then, of course, we had to stop and get pizza. Yeah, yeah, yes. And, What's the trip to know, Naples without pizza? Well, that's it. And, you know, I went and tried to find the recommended restaurant, and I'm with my app, and I'm trying to find down these narrow streets with women yelling down below and <laughs> men screaming up and the smoke and the food and the fish. And, and I loved it. But do you think I could find this restaurant? No. So we just finally give up and we walk into another place and we had a great pizza and we looked down at the place map and the address that's on it is 89 and the pizza place that we were looking for is 87. Darn it, if it wasn't right beside where we were. Oh, boy. <laughs> Vicki, we have to go here, but it was great talking to you. You can find Vicki's blogs and all of her information about Europe on her website at VickiCruises.com. We'll also link to that in the show notes at CruiseRadio.net. Vicki, always good talking to you, my dear. Have a good one. Oh, you too, Doug. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.